0: Thanks for tuning in to Hot Pizza Ass Podcast. Before we get started, I would like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Ease. Ease makes it so easy to get cannabis products delivered straight to your door. And the brand that I'm currently obsessed with right now is called Dreamt. They make cannabis infused gummies that I take 45 minutes before I go to sleep every night. And it really helps me ease off into dreamland and forget about the worries of the day big fan of this product line, female founded company and delivered straight to my door thanks to Ease. Get 30% off of your first order if you use the code darling30 at ease.com if you're over the age of 21 in the state of California. That's darling30 for 30% off at e a z e.com. Hello everyone, it's Erin, and you're listening to Hot Pizza Ass Podcast. Today we are doing a different type of episode, and I've been thinking about doing content like this for a while, and this particular idea has been on my mind for quite some time. I wanted to do an episode where I kind of talk about what I've learned as a podcaster through my podcast journey in the hopes that it will help other people. Now, if you're listening to my podcast because you like me or you follow me on Instagram or you know my comedy, that's awesome. Thank you so much for supporting. But if you found this for the first time and you don't know who I am and you don't know my background, let me give you a little bit of a rundown. So I've been podcasting, I think, since 2016, and I've worked in a couple different mediums when it comes to podcasting itself. So the first one that I did was called V-Carded and it was with a network. And I interviewed people about how they lost their virginity. Then I moved on to a show called Ghosted Hunters, which I did with another comedian. And we did this completely independently. It was a true crime narrative parody podcast. It was basically a comedic look at instances where someone got ghosted and we tried to help them get an answer as to why the person ghosted them so that was like a very different type of project it took a lot of time it was heavily edited and there were lots of moving parts so a little bit different than doing a traditional interview show And now I do this show, Hot Pizza Ass, which is a combination of interview and solo content, kind of like what you're hearing right now. So when it comes to podcasting, I've kind of run the gamut in terms of everything that I've done. Um, I've tried a lot of different formats. And I really wanted to do an episode called Five Things Every Podcaster Should Know to encourage people and to kind of let you know some of the things that I've learned along the way. Are you ready? Great, (laughs) let's jump right in. The first thing that I think every podcaster should know is consistency is only important relative to the goals that you have for your podcast. The reason why I thought this was an important place to start is that when it comes to content creation and podcasting specifically, there's a lot of people who will tell you that you need to have a consistent schedule when releasing your pod. Um, Fridays and Mondays, I think, are the big days for podcast release. Like, those are the days my feed blows up (laughs) with podcast content. (laughs) But I'm here to say you don't necessarily have to do that. I think that people get into podcasting for very different reasons. And if your goal is to be super professional with it, to monetize it as soon as possible, to build a brand, to create a business... Yes, that's one thing. Then I do recommend getting on a regular schedule. But I think that people that give this advice are assuming that's how everyone wants to do a podcast. And me, as a creative, (laughs) I assume differently. I think that not everyone wants to monetize their podcast. And some people don't even know if they really want to podcast, period. I think that this is a fun art form. It's relatively experimental. You can do a lot of different things with it and trying things out is totally fine. If you just want to do this with a friend because you think you have fun chemistry and you're like, let's try this out. Don't necessarily pressure yourself to be on a weekly or bi-weekly schedule. I think that we should give ourselves the flexibility and the freedom to do what we want with this platform because one of the beautiful things about it, one of the things that I enjoy the most about podcasting is the fact that it's one of the few things that I do as a creative where I have total control. Like I edit it, I produce it, I write the things that need to be written and I monetize it all completely on my own. So that being said, when it comes to me and the way that I work, I'm also an actor and uh And I'm always on shoots. So sometimes I can be on shoots where I travel really last minute. Or, for example, in October, I was in Paris for two weeks and I thought I was only going to be there for one. And then it got extended and something else happened. So I don't ever want to feel like I'm beholden to this particular schedule. I know that I'm going to release two episodes a month. And being a completely independent person who does this all on their own, that's fine with me having that type of cadence is great for me because if something comes up, I don't feel bad or stressed that I'm missing my deadline. So I would say that if you are launching your own podcast and trying to figure out your release schedule and someone brings up consistency to you, that's great if your goals are in alignment with instant monetization and building a business. But If you want to use this as a way to network with people, you can interview interesting people. You can use it as a platform to do your own hot takes on things that are happening on the internet or pop culture. There's a lot of different things that you can do with this medium and determine your output schedule accordingly. And also factor in your personal schedule too, if you're independent. The second thing I think that every podcaster should know is that you do not have to wait to attach sponsors. I'm going to tell you a story about the Hot Pizza Ass launch party. And if you guys haven't heard this episode, I did do an episode at the beginning of Hot Pizza Ass where I talk about the launch party with my friend Dina Renee. So if you want to take a trip down memory lane, go check it out. But when I did my launch party, it was right after I launched the podcast. And I did it to create social media awareness and to create a buzz, really, and to have a party. So at that point in time, I didn't have a lot of listeners. Like I was just getting this off the ground, but I was able to attach sponsors in that event just based off of me and the limited materials that I had. So. That being said, if I was able to do this for a launch party, you can do it for a podcast. There are a lot of people that will tell you that you need to reach the 10,000 an episode download mark in order to monetize or really sell ads. I completely disagree. You can sell ads with smaller companies or you can do a product trade depending on what type of podcast you have. For example, if you're a beauty blogger and you have a beauty podcast that you're getting off the ground, maybe your goal is to one day work with MAC Cosmetics, but you're not at that level yet. That doesn't mean that you can't work with a smaller up-and-coming beauty brand and have them send you some product or request some product so that you can talk about it on your podcast. You can even create an ad for them as a thank you for sending. The product itself. So, there are lots of ways to go about establishing how you want to handle your trade for product or your monetization. And don't be afraid to reach out to companies. Don't be afraid to reach out to any company. Obviously, the big ones can be a little bit hard because they probably will ask you for statistics and numbers, downloads, and your demographic. But for smaller companies, sometimes they just want the exposure. And who knows, you might get product, you might get a small amount of money for an ad read. And it's always good to start somewhere and to start building. So I encourage everyone to not assume that monetization is out of reach if you're under 10,000 downloads per episode. It is always okay to reach out and to try to figure out ways to make money off of doing a podcast. It really frustrates me when I see people giving advice like, (laughs) you have to do this and that and that before you can achieve this thing. And I'm like the perfect example to show you that that's simply just not true. The brands that we had attached to my launch party were amazing and they were a pleasure to work with. Um, We worked with Pizza Rev, Jim Beam. We worked with uh, Morning Recovery And I think there was one other one that I forgot right now. Oh, the venue, the Surly Goat in West Hollywood. So this venue, let us have our party there for free. So think about that whenever you are feeling dissuaded or like monetization is a far off goal. My next piece of advice is goal guests will most likely be receptive to you. If you have a professional method of presentation, yes. So what do I mean by this? I mean kind of the same energetic as I'm talking about when it comes to your approach of monetization. Don't assume that your dream guests are out of reach for you if you have an interview style podcast. Of course, if you're talking about an A-list celebrity, they have publicists like they're they have a team to keep uh, people away from them, essentially, because they're busy. (laughs) And you might not be able to get Angelina Jolie on your podcast. I'm sorry. But (laughs) what I mean is if there's someone that would be perfect for your show, perfect for your audience, that's in alignment with the themes of your podcast and you have a way to present your materials, do it. And the way that I suggest presenting your materials is having a professional method in place for the way that you contact people or pitch your show, however that may be. Um, For some people, that might be like an EPK. It might be a website that you have for your podcast. There's a lot of different ways to do it. But just remember, before you slide into someone's DMs that you don't know or maybe do a cold email, both of which I have done before, so I'm not above it. But (laughs) before you do that, take a second to think, how can I treat this person like a professional And how can I present as a professional? (laughs) Because you got to think about the fact that if you're working under the assumption that the people who you want to interview are maybe a little bit busy out of your reach or hard to get, most likely they are. But you never know. Sometimes they might want to help an up and comer, maybe with the way that you approach them. They see themselves in you, a younger version of themselves, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to help this person. An example of this for me is actually someone reached out to me that I didn't know a couple months ago in the beginning of the year and asked if I would do their podcast. Um, The way that they approached me was very, very professional. I felt like it wasn't going to be flaky. I've done a lot of podcast appearances, sometimes with people that I don't know that I end up regretting later because like the way that they did the podcast wasn't professional or they, I would block off time to do the podcast and then they would reschedule or something like that. And I would always feel really, really, really weird about that because unless it's an emergency, why would you reschedule on a guest that is really busy and hard to book anyway? So now I'm kind of selective about people that I don't know that cold email me, but if I check out their podcast and I like it, I'll 100% do it. So this person emailed me a very, very professional and complimentary email and um, I responded to it and I said, yeah, sure. You know what? I'll do it. It's only 30 minutes out of my day. Why not? (laughs) So you never know. Your response that you get could be surprising. It could be positive don't assume that anything is out of reach for you Um, but do consider having a professional means of presentation and if you guys need help you can also book a consultation with me just email me erin at erindarling.com my fourth piece of advice is take time to process personal experiences and stories before sharing Ooh, yeah so If you listen to my episode about breakups, I say at the top of the episode that I went through one that same year, but I had waited five months to talk about it at all. And the reason that I gave is because I felt a different way about the breakup that I went through every single day that passed. And now we're a couple months after releasing that episode and I feel a different way today. Maybe I should have waited longer. But my point is putting time between you and the event is going to work in your benefit. It's going to give you time to think about what you want to say. It will most likely lessen the chance of causing drama. <laughs> Because I'm going to guess as time goes on, most people approach things in a more mature way when they're not necessarily super triggered. (laughs) Sometimes we have to remember, depending on the type of podcast that we're running, if you're doing something about emotional health, mental health, sometimes the people that are listening to your podcast are listening to it because. They want to extract, you know, value, meaning from what you're saying. And when you come with a personal experience, the best way to give value and meaning is to talk about the event itself and then add plus what you learned. And how can we really say what we learned or how we grew if we're still in the middle of the process? And sometimes you don't think you are, but you still are. I've been guilty of that too. (laughs) So I think this is a really, really solid piece of advice. If you are the type of content creator who talks about personal experiences and um, if vulnerability is important to you and honesty and sharing about your life is important to you. And I love that, by the way. Love that for you. Process your emotions and know what you learned from the experience before you sit behind the mic and press record. My fifth piece of advice that I think every podcaster should know is to meet and promote other content creators. This might sound really, really cliche, but collaboration is definitely the new competition. We all rise together and... Meeting people that do similar content or that are in the same space as you, you can learn from them if you have questions about how they're doing certain things, if they have really great social content that you admire. Like if you are out there promoting their content to giving compliments when you genuinely like something that they've done, you're building a network. Like they are more likely to answer your questions if they see you as a supporter and not the competition and vice versa. Like if someone has a question for you in your field or they like something that you're doing, work with them. Help them out if you can. Be generous when you have the opportunity. Also, it just feels good. I love celebrating other people's successes, their wins their content that inspires me i think it's so important to a yes stay focused on what you're doing and you but b remember that we live in a world like a world of other people and everyone else is probably trying to do exactly what you're trying to do especially if you're listening to this podcast right now because i'm guessing if you're listening to it you're thinking about starting your own podcast So you are probably surrounded with a lot of people that wanna do the same type of thing and it always feels good to be seen. It feels good to get a share. It feels good to get a review. If you can do that for other people's podcasts, they will probably return the favor if they're not completely uh, a dick. (laughs) So you guys, those are um, my five top tips for podcasters. I think that they should know. And I did have one quick bonus thing that I wanted to touch on. And that is networks are not necessarily better. So let me tell you a quick story. I have worked as an independent podcaster and I've also worked with networks. I've also turned down deals from networks. And there was a period of time where I was looking for a network for hot pizza ass to live on because I felt like I was growing and leveling up and I needed to maybe be under an umbrella of a bigger network to get to that next level. And what I learned is that sometimes the deals that you get from networks um, aren't necessarily in your favor. And by you, I mean the content creator. Sometimes, unless they can help you do something incredible, like monetize in a way that you can't or that you don't have the bandwidth for, or if they're in the perfect niche, for what you want to do and you know that you could really grow and become a huge podcast if you are associated with these other types of similar podcasts and it's all like very genre specific of course there can be benefits but a lot of the times you might just be walking into a rev share for ad reads where you split 50 50 and you're still doing all the same work So just be aware of that before you get locked into a deal, before you sign anything, unless you know it's a company acquiring your podcast for a large amount of money and you're like, oh great, yeah, this is life changing. Of course, go for it. But make sure that if you're going to collaborate with a network, that whatever deal you sign really is in your favor. That you're able to retain whatever rights that you can to the content itself and that Monetarily, it makes sense that you are getting something out of it. And it's not just you doing the same amount of work and no guarantees that they're going to be able to help you with ads or getting bigger guests. Or there has to be some element of your life that gets easier or an opportunity for growth before you work with a network. Unless you're just signing on to be a host, which, you know, I've done that too. I've signed on to host podcasts that, um, weren't my idea so it was a little bit different it was you know getting paid to essentially host the podcast there's that too but i'm saying if you have an idea or you have an existing podcast um take your time before you work with a network you know shop around meet with a lot of them and have a good lawyer that can look at the contracts and ask them the question is this worth it for me like is this contract in my favor and what am i giving up to be part of the network Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hot Pizza Ass Podcast. I hope that it provided some value. If you would like to book a consultation with me to talk about any of these things in depth, or if you would like to know how I accomplished some of the things that I did that I mentioned in this episode, feel free to email me, erin at erindarling.com. As always, reviews are highly appreciated. Please review this podcast on Spotify or iTunes. Share this episode with a friend and support our sponsor, Ease, at eaze.com. Information for everything I talked about in the show notes. Talk to you guys soon.